Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Go to DrinkingBrosTickets.com for all your ticketing needs. Want to sit with Dan and I at your favorite events? Go to DrinkingBrosTickets.com today. Kids, buckle up. <laughs> it's an exciting one here coming up. I, I, literally the best interview you might hear uh, across all of the podcasts this week, whatever you're listening to. Uh, here we go with Mr. Fred Smoot. Fred Smoot, welcome to Drinking Bros, sports companion show. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. What took y'all guys so long to get me on? (laughs) (laughs) We didn't know where you'd be at in the quarantine or if you'd be partying somewhere. Are you currently in America? Yes, I'm I'm in D.C. I'm I'm in, well, Northern Virginia, right outside of D.C. Uh, Just uh, starting to purchase some land in West Virginia. I'm going to name it Restoros. I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. So that's where I'll be hiding it if we have another epidemic. What about Westerhose? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) make it a pimp farm out there you should yeah why not you should you're look you're one of our favorite players of all time and you have arguably the best personality in nfl history um you're often tied of of course i'm sure every question every interview that that starts off with you has got to be about obviously the the love boat for the vikings uh most definitely but i tell people all the time you know, when you're talking about Viking lure and you're talking about Viking history, the Vikings been going to villages taking people, women for years. It didn't start with us. <laughs> <laughs> so you really you you're a you're a method actor when it comes to being a yeah, Minnesota Viking. I, I, I like to get into character. Yeah, I like I got to get it. into yeah. character. Don't feel bored stuff You got you got to take all of it. Yeah, you have yeah, to. You have to. <laughs> Uh, the police report on that was obviously one of the most epic of all time. Um, one of the first times I can remember in any police report where they graphically describe the use of a double-headed dildo. Yeah, I've never heard the phrase, quote-unquote, manipulated the dildo. Yeah, yeah, manipulated the dildo I felt was unfair to you. It didn't seem like you probably had to manipulate anybody on that boat. That I was to say, like, it's the word. Like they said, manipulate. You know, me, me myself, I was just being a good Samaritan. <laughs> I was asked to hand her that weapon of mass destruction, and I handed her the weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back at it, though, at your age, making millions of dollars in the NFL with all of your friends, that's exactly what you should be doing with your money at that time. Well, it's so funny now. That's why they say some stuff happens before it's time. And I think if this happens today, we never hear about it. It's just one of those situations where it was a a glorified bachelor party. We know every year it's a rookie party for every team. Now, what every team does, we do not know. That was one of those times where everybody found out all the information about it. And like you said, it became things of of, of lure in history. Yeah, because look, I I think – all of us at some point, Dan, like we've gone to bachelor parties and all of Mm -hmm. that. Like I'm a Hollywood guy, right? Done a bunch of movies. There was one party that I went to in particular when I was, I think 23 or 24, where a huge agent had rented out the W in Santa Monica. And you went, you went up and one floor was prostitutes in every single room. Uh, And if the door was open, you could go in there and enjoy that prostitute. If it was closed and locked, then you couldn't. And then you had to move on with your life. Um, I'm sure in the NFL, 
this took place all the time. But see, that's where they, they were wrong. You no, know, I, I, I just said I believe in the correct wording. We had working girls. We had strippers, <laughs> not prostitutes. I, I, I think it's a little bit more tasteful with the strippers. You know, you know, they, they, they work hard for their money. And that's what happened on our trip. It was basically, they was on vacation in Minnesota at the time. You got to realize they're not working. They just dancing. They just having fun. And I think that's where it got overtaken. And when people, and when they really started to investigate it, they realized that we broke no rules. Yeah. Yeah, you broke no rules. You got fined, though, a ton of money. It was something like 84 grand. Oh, I got fined. Listen to me. This is what happened on this. I literally got fined and had to pay my lawyer more than what I had to pay for the whole thing. When it was all, when the dust settled, I, we got charged for disturbing the peace on a lake. Basically, disturbing the peace on Lake Minnetonka. Ain't but two people been washed in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. That's me and Prince. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and guess what? That's what we got charged with, but so, but our credibility and our name got through cross the mud enough that it, it, it really hurt some of us. Yeah, let me ask you: Were any of them as hot as Apollonia, though? Any of the girls on uh, your boat? I can say this about Minnesota, and I would tell people this about the Twin Cities. I usually don't share this information. Uh, Minneapolis is one of the hidden gems when it comes to beautiful women in America. It's a it's a stable of beautiful women. Everybody up there looks like Prince uh, Apollonia. Yeah. Really? I'm, I'm shocked yeah. to hear that, actually. I, I figured, you know, look, I, I picture it as a white state, right? A bunch of white, yeah. white people. And I, I, I figured you're indoors a lot. I went to a Midwestern school, Ohio State. So it was cold. It was cold for a lot, yeah. of, a, a lot of the year. I've, Minnesota's freezing. I just figured they all stayed inside. Mm -hmm. They were milky white all the time and kind of bigger, but that's not well, the case. Realize, we're talking about Scandinavian descent. Mm -hmm. These are very tall, ah. beautiful women. And then when, if you really look at the population up there, I think the mixed population is the highest population. Is it really? Maybe. I think it is. Man. Uh, best strip clubs in, in America, which city? What's, what's the number one with a bullet, you think? Well, most definitely, it's, it, it has to be Atlanta. Atlanta is that hub when it comes to strip clubs, not only because uh, a large amount of women come out, uh, come from all across the United States to go work there, but of course it's a Waffle House by, by every strip club, and I think that just <laughs> compounds it. Well, let, let me, I, I, I meant it's, to, he's, I was going to mention right, that. by the way. I grew up my whole life in Atlanta. You're exactly right, right. Uh, on so both of those answers. You, uh, you, you own a Waffle House, right? Well, I, I, I actually went on a 15-year battle with the Waffle House Company. Uh, this headquarters <laughs> is in uh, Atlanta to put one in Washington, D.C., but they did not want to go past the Mason-Dixon line, and they didn't want to be in northern major cities, and mm -hmm. that's what held it up. They wanted to kind of stay localized, sort of like in and out Burger on the West Coast. They want to stay on the West Coast. Right, and uh, in and out Burger does it to make sure their ingredients stay fresh, and I can't imagine that that's the case with Waffle House, right, because – Come on. Well, come on now. You can't you can't hate on a Waffle House. Oh, no, I've I've been there many, Waffle many times. Waffle House could be the, the MVP of restaurants. 100%. <laughs> I wrote a rap song, a viral rap song, Waffle House Waitress, that exploded. I am a diehard Waffle House fan. I can tell you what my order is right now. Lib's patty melt plate, double hash browns, triple covered, smothered, and scattered. And that is off the top of the dome, dude. That's how much I love Waffle House. Well, well I'm an all-star special guy. Cheese on my grits. Four eggs scrambled, bacon and sausage on the side. Yes, I also know that's the great thing about the Bob House. It don't matter what clarification, what uh, what color you are, how much money you got. You can see anybody in the Waffle House at any 
time. Yep. There's no barrier. Goddamn right you can. It's, it's like the UN of restaurants. It is. It's my favorite, and, it, and it's a staple. I've never had a bad meal there, and I don't need the menu. I've never needed a menu at Waffle House. I know what I'm getting every single time. Um, it's one. It's one of my faves. Uh, let me let me ask you about uh, your career. Is so amazing and hilarious, and there's so many crazy stories. Uh, about you, can you, I just, there's a couple I want to confirm here. Is it true that at the NFL Combine, on the bench, <laughs> uh, on the bench press, you only did one for 225, uh, one bench press? Hey, you know what? You know what, guys? I gave it my all. I talked, <laughs> I talked trash walking in there. Had a had a small little hype group, and I got on there and I gave them every bit of one bench press. Got up and told them, "You didn't come." To get a weightlifter, you came to get a cornerback. Come watch me run. <laughs> <laughs> what was your forty time that year? Uh, I ran a four four flat four three nine. Okay, damn. Um, and what you were the sixth corner in the in that draft taken, right in the second round? Yeah, supposed to have been the first corner in that draft. If you look at that year, no cornerback had a better year than me. Then I was in the SEC, dominated the SEC, up for defensive player of the year, up for the Thorpe Award. Oh, I went in and did it, but I was a skinny kid. I was 180 pounds. They wanted me to put on weight. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, because now, look, nowadays the, the combine has a lot to do with it. Where you know somebody can have a superstar combine who isn't as talented, and then vaults up the board, and then somebody like you, which is God-given naturally talented, it doesn't really matter that you only bench press once, you know, for two twenty-five. Well, me myself, I, I think the the, the the combine is overrated. You know, if I'm looking for a football player, let me watch him play football. Like, we, we, we look at the NFL every year, and it's more undrafted free agents that's part of teams than first-rounders. Like, when you look at NFL careers, more Hall of Famers have came out of the, the fifth round and lower than the first round. So at the end of the day, if you get caught up in the 4-3-40, the 4-2-40, was he using it in college? Because I didn't see him get open with it. No. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, looking at, again, today's players and, and the combine and all that shit, it's like, you know, the first thing said about uh, Chick Joe Burrow was his hands were too small at number one. It's like, I, we watched him throw 60 touchdown passes last year. I'm good on his hand size. I don't need to know that. How big do his hand needs to be? As long as his hand can guide the ball to the end zone to the right receiver, that's all matter to me. They said the same thing about Russell Wilson. Like, mm -hmm. the one thing about the combine in the draft, they are looking for reasons why not to draft all right, and they only draft safe picks in the first round. That's why they people miss on them so much because they want to draft safe. They get in the second, third, and the fourth, and now they start to take chances on pure talent. Yeah, let me ask you this: uh, Dan's got a theory on not drafting quarterbacks in the first round. Do you agree with that? Yep, I think all the better quarterbacks actually come at the bottom of the first and the mm. rest of the draft. I can go with the Dak Prescotts of the world, the Russell Wilsons of the world, the Aaron Rodgers of the world. Let's talk about all the number one picks that's, that's, that's been quarterback. Besides Cam and Peyton Manning and Eli, nobody's, nobody's even made it to the Super Bowl that was mm. a number one pick, let alone had an MVP season. So, yeah, I like quarterbacks that they are the reason they college team wins. Like, it's easy for me to go to Alabama or Ohio State and find a quarterback that had five five-star receivers, a, a, a first-class offensive line. I don't know what he's going to do when that varsity comes. But if I see Dak Prescott take a Mississippi State team, make them undefeated, it's something there. It's something there with that quarterback. 
Hey, man, that's interesting. I've actually never thought of it like that. Um, you're right, because, yeah, at Ohio State or in Alabama, you're playing with five-star talent all the way around. You can just chuck the ball in the air, and somebody's going to go up and get it. But uh, if you're at a smaller school, you know, Pat Mahomes was obviously infamously passed over. Um, they don't really know, and you're right. I, I, you should judge it on winning. Um, I'm surprised I've never – that's the first time I've heard that take from anyone, actually. Well, well come on now. We watched them literally. We watched the Chicago Bears make the worst mistake in a decade. They chose Mitch Trubisky. Sometimes mm -hmm. you just got to say these guys' names, and it'll tell you if they're going to be good in the NFL. Mitch Trubisky sounded like he failed in the NFL 20 years ago. <laughs> Deshaun Watson, I mean, uh, end up taking him over Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes. Come on, you could clearly see that Deshaun Watson was special. He beat Alabama. Yeah. I, this guy showed you two, three years in a row, I could play against anybody. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm talking about. Sometimes they, they, they try to be the smartest person in the room, and they overthink very simple things. Yeah, Deshaun also housed at Ohio State, too. Mm -hmm. That kid was great. Um, it's weird what they're doing in Houston. Do you follow the NFL as closely uh, now as you did when you were playing? Oh, yeah, NFL, college, I love anything got to do with a pigskin. Yeah, I, I, I follow it a lot. And what's going on in Houston right now is a, a, a Travis Sham mockery. I get, that's, <laughs> that's why I don't believe in, in, in allowing the head coach to be the head coach and the GM. Yeah. Because as a head coach, he's too emotionally connected to the players. Mm -hmm. He has to talk to us every day. <clears throat> and if I got to talk to the guy that can fire me every day, that becomes a little bit, how should I say, uncomfortable for the team. Yeah, and it's yeah. also like uh... – I don't give a fuck. If I'm the GM, I don't care if the the coach gets along with DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, me neither. I care that DeAndre Hopkins is catching touchdown passes. That's what I care about because that's what I'm paying him to do. I'm paying the coach it, to make sure you're not emotionally it. attached. You're not yeah. emotionally attached. Your job is to pick the best players. His yeah. job is to put them in position to make plays. Yep. Yeah, and, and in my opinion, DeAndre Hopkins, him and Julio Jones are onesie twosies for top two wide receivers in the league. You just don't give up your your best wide receiver in the league for. You know, David Johnson, uh, that's a strange one to me. David Johnson, they basically trade him for a trainer and a drink machine. And you can't <laughs> you can't do that with one of the best receivers in the league. No, no, no you can't. And if they if, if the Falcons traded Julio Jones like that, man, I'd show up at the owner's house uh, with a Home Depot oh, no, card. No, if, if I was Julio Jones, I actually would be looking for a trade. And just remember back to like a Herschel Walker trade with – what the Cowboys got for the him, got for him. So sometimes when you have these players that's ranked one, two, and three, and you still got a lot of holes on your team, it makes sense to trade that one player. How many times have we seen great receivers not named Jerry Rice have great careers and never win a Super Bowl? Yeah, it's true. It's it's very rare. I, I I'd say Randy Moss was probably the only one I can think of that didn't win a Super Bowl. Ah, uh, Terrell Owens didn't win a ah, Super right. Bowl. Yeah. Uh, Chad Johnson didn't win a Super Bowl. Uh, I, can, I can keep going with great receivers that didn't win a Super Bowl. It's only a select few that did. We can only talk about Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Jerry Rice, John Taylor. We can only talk about the ones that had MVP quarterbacks. Yeah. That's why I always tell people, when you get drafted, <laughs> your, your career depends on who else is on the team. Like, I knew my career was going to be two years shorter than it was supposed to be when I got to the team and Jeff George was my quarterback. I knew right then, <laughs> hey, son, just squeeze the juice out of this lemon. It won't be long. <laughs> Where is Jeff George now? We never hear about Jeff George anymore. Hey, 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 hey I'm going to tell you this about the general. He catches flack from a lot of people. I love Jeff George. He just had one of these personalities where coaches hated him. 
But his teammates pretty much loved him because Jeff was going to do stuff his way. And I, I can promise you this. I haven't seen a better arm in the NFL. No, nah, that dude had a Jeff fucking cannon. Yeah, he had a cannon. I've on never him. seen anybody throw like him. <laughs> yeah, he just always seemed to be on an awful team. Yeah. Uh, that was the Jeff George syndrome that was going on. Uh, one, one receiver you didn't mention was uh, Steve Smith. Um, and Man, be- me and Steve Smith hate each other. Why would I mention Steve Smith? <laughs> but, you know, but you know what? Just to tell the truth, he's my classmate. We came out together. I got nothing but love and respect for Steve. He can be a butthole. He can be an asshole to you sometimes. But I like that. I, I like the intensity. And we had a lot of wars. It's so funny. He likes to point out the one game that he got me, but he don't want to talk about the other eight that we played. <laughs> yeah, because there was an infamous quote where he says, I ended Fred Smoot's career. Uh, the day that he, he said, he, I think 201 yards, that's what it was, right? And it, 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 no, 200 was not on me. I'm glad you rode the boat in the end zone. But like I told him, right now at the age 41, if I run into him at a grocery store on the bread aisle, we going to go at it. We, we going to go one-on-one. <laughs> Oh, who wins now between you and Steve Smith at 41 <laughs> in a foot race? Uh, he played an extra couple of years, so his body might be a little bit more beat up than mine. <laughs> I, I might then, you know, kind of got back in shape and body feels a little better. But he's such a damn competitor. It's all about who throwing him the ball. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And look, yeah, he had some good ones over the years. Um, he was a hell of a player. Uh, Steve Jeff Smith. Malone. Nobody likes to talk about Jeff Malone or give him his props. He was a good quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me ask you, in today's current NFL, uh, who's your favorite quarterback, and, and who, who do you wish was the general of your team? Woo! I love Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I love it, man. You're talking about having a quarterback that you know every time you go into a game, you got a chance to score 20, 30, 40 points. And I'm a defensive player. We only make plays when we get the offense that we're playing behind. So now the quarterback has to throw. We know what he's going to do. My pass rushes know he's going to throw. I'm going to try to break on balls. I've never played with a quarterback that guaranteed me a lead going into any game. And if I had a Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, and, and, and what I do love about these guys is they just one of the guys. They don't mm-hmm. separate themselves. A lot of quarterbacks are more holier than thou. You know, you, mean, you, know, you got – the Jack Mike Jackson in the Jackson Five. Sometimes, if your quarterback is that guy and he he gets out at attention, someone start to feel like feel like Tito Jackson. Nobody <laughs> want to be Tito. Nobody ever want to be Tito. I can be greedy like Jermaine, but nobody wants to be Jermaine either. <laughs> oh boy. Oh man, it's, it, let's compare because I'm a Falcons guy, diehard Falcons fan here. Oh, you have nothing to cheer about. If it's a ledge, please step away from it. You have nothing to cheer about your entire life. How's life being being a Falcons fan? My, this is what I know about Falcons fans. I can remember me and my ex-wife having a conversation when we had made it to the point of no return. And she walked out and said, by the way, I've been a Falcons fan the whole time. And ever since then, I have hated the Falcons. <laughs> Look, I'm very close uh, to hating the Falcons as well. It's been rough, man. I was at the I was at the Super Bowl for that 28-3 game, and oh. it, it still to this day haunts me every day. I, because of how many listeners we have and all that stuff, I get tagged probably on average three to four times a day in a 28-3 meme, um, and they're all different, and, and it'll, it'll that'll go on forever. Hey, the question is, did you take a jar? A, a glass mason jar to that game to collect your tears 
after the fourth quarter? Did you collect those tears or you just let them dry up on your face? Yeah, no, I I, wa- I stumbled into a hotel bar and I ordered, I, I said, what's the, the fattest, most disgusting thing on the menu that I could order? And it was, uh, no lie, it was, it was called uh, boat Boatload Potato Skins. And they were, you know, each of them, it was like the a, a Viking boat cut in half. And I ate those uh-huh. and I saw, I visibly saw there was a, a husband and wife crying at the end of the bar eating a cheeseburger like it was all falcons fans and it was absolutely miserable the only thing i take solace in is at that game because we were up by so much all the patriots fans had left so you could see them it, it, the the game was in houston so you can and it was an all-glass stadium outside and you yep. could see them fighting to get back in and you know the security to super bowl is so intense that they don't let them back in so they were outside the glass watching on the concession stand tvs so they didn't get to enjoy the game. And anybody who says they were there, Patriots fans, including Mark Wahlberg, because mm-hmm. he was right, he was in the box next to us. He, him and his family walked out in the third quarter as well. Um, none of those Patriots fans were there to celebrate that. Hey, first of all, I got no sympathy for Patriots fans. I got no sympathy for any fan of any Boston sports. All you've done the last three decades is win, win, win. It's been so many parades in Boston when yep. it comes to football, basketball, baseball, hockey. I have no sympathy for them. Like, I, I, when it comes to that fan base right there has been spoiled. They, and now they got to go life without Brady. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to see that. Same. I mean, <laughs> how do you think that's going to go up there? Because they didn't pick up any sexy free agents. They didn't draft a quarterback. Um, they got, yeah. you know, they ended up getting uh, a free agent after the draft had ended as far as quarterback-wise. What are those actually, guys? What are those guys going to do up there? That, actually, that sounds about Belichickish. That sounds about right. Like he's the best coach of all time, and mm. when you got the best coach of all time, you don't need the best players of all time. I've watched this man win chess match after chess match. I've watched him make. Uh, I didn't watch him make my coaches look elementary. Mm-hmm. All right, like he just whoops them with the pen so bad that you, as a defensive back, you like. All I needed to do was be drafted by the Patriots and I'd be a Hall of Fame. Like, you know it because he knows the game that well. So we have a, a big sponsor on our show called MyBookie.com um, that takes all of the, the gambling and bets and all that other stuff. Uh, promo code Drinking Bros, by the way, doubles that deposit. With that being said, the over-unders have come out already for the win totals. And the Patriots over-under win total out of Vegas and out of my bookie is eight and a half. Knowing yep. what happened in, in, in the mass exodus that happened in New England, would you take the over on something like that? I did not. I, I said no. I'm over all day long on that. So is Dan. He's not going under eight games. I'm no. sorry. He's not going under nine games. Stephon Gilmore is still there. The best cornerback in the league is still there. Last time I checked, they was a defensive team last year. Yeah. Uh, Tom had no, had no weapons. They did not score people. They had no tight end. Sonny Michelle, I, I guess he decided to retire and didn't tell anybody. They, they, <laughs> so if I'm a betting man, I'm never betting against Belichick. What happened to seasons that he lost Brady? He got one quarterback paid by Seattle. Yep. The other one got paid by the NFL coach. So at the end of the day, he can win with anybody. Yeah, it, I just have a hard time with this year in particular. Um, and I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen with Tom Brady down in Tampa Bay. He still looks ugly in that uniform. I'll never get used to to the the photoshopped uniforms on Tom Brady right now in Tampa Can Bay. Can you here. take your emotion out of it? It seems like you you like everybody else that you emotionally 
attached to it. So you hate the Patriots so bad that you just don't want to look at the truth. Like, but I was always told emotional thugs need a hug. You understand? That's what you need. But the truth is this, as long as Belichick is breathing, he will be at the top of the NFL. Did you not see him teach his dog how to draft people? Yeah. This man is serious. Yeah, he had the dog in his chair. I think here's the thing. So, yes, I'm emotional about it. But I can admit it, um, and, and I can recognize that the Patriots and Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. Tom Brady is probably the greatest quarterback of all time. It doesn't mean I have to like it. I just didn't enjoy that style of play out of New England. It was very boring yeah, and pedestrian to me. It's not fun. After, no. watching, after watching the last dance and seeing how fun that dynasty mm. was, you got your fun dynasties and you got your non-fun dynasty. The New England dynasty reminds me of the Spurs. The Spurs, it reminds exactly. Me yeah. of the Spurs dynasty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know they won and we respect them, but do you know it? Do you remember any highlights from the Spurs championships? They uh, was the most boring championship all I've I know, ever been. Around. All I know is there was probably a Robert Ory game-winning three-point shot at some point, and a bank shot by Tim Duncan. Yeah, that's that's all I can remember and, from that team. You're right. And the steal by Ginobili at some point that he goes. OC and out of control mm. and he end up at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You would have been amazing on one of those. I When I was watching uh, The Last Dance, like your personality would have fit in great with a team like that. <laughs> Do you wish that you were on a team like that that was so great? Because like to me, you should be on Fox Sports, ESPN. Like You should be the guy right now. I think the only thing that was missing was the teams you were on just weren't that sexy. Because uh, you're one of now, the most entertaining what? fucking people in the in the world. Oh, no, no. We, I, Like I told you, I, you at the mercy of your quarterback. I had no quarterback. So that means I was now going to play in a championship game. And I don't think you want me and Dennis Rodman on the same team. You know, things can get out of hand <laughs> at that situation. Do you think I would have went to Vegas with Dennis? Oh, you think I would have stayed back with Steve Kerr and Jordan? Yes, you would have been in the room with him and Carmen Electra. Uh, that, that like that would have gone down for sure. You would have been in there, and it would have been awesome. Probably manipulating a dildo. Yeah, exactly. Well, was that the best documentary that you ever yes. saw? It was the best yeah. documentary I ever saw in my life. Ever, ever. And I got withdrawals the next day when I woke up because I I knew there wasn't going to be any more of them, and I was like, shit, where do we go from here? Because we're still a ways off from football season. And I'm, yeah. I'm still jonesing for it. I don't know what's going to happen with the NBA. They're, they're going to try to come back at some point. What that's going to look like with empty fans and all that other stuff, uh, or empty stands, um, I don't know yet. But I'm jonesing for football. That's a ways off. And then the last dance ends. I, I don't know where to turn from here. I felt sad this whole week so far. Well, I, you know me myself. I think I'm going to go to a uh, backyard dirty, match, uh, dirty mattress a wrestling contest that we got here in BA. So I'm trying to see any sport I can look at now. Anything I can find. <laughs> I bet, man. Uh, those those backyard wrestling matches get ugly out there too. <laughs> yes, you can lose a you can lose a two for two in those, but they, hey, they get fun, man. You can only find them in places like Virginia. <laughs> um, speaking of which, uh, Virginia, were you friends with Michael Vick or any of those guys? Oh, yeah, classmates. We are class of 2001. One no of the way. most gifted classes to ever get drafted. We had a little bit of everything. Usually a draft class is defined by the dominant group. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a dominant group. We still got a player from 2001 still playing by the name of Drew Brees. Drew Brees yeah. was picked <laughs> four picks before me uh, uh, by the uh, San Diego Chargers. Yeah. So 
You got Mike Vick was the first pick. You got Ladanian Thompson. I just told you the prep of the wide receivers from Santana Moss to Reggie Wayne, Steve Smith. And do you know who the first wide receiver to be taken in that draft? David Terrell. Was he really? Yeah, I remember David Terrell. I didn't know he was first in that draft. Corin Robinson no, was second. First receiver taken in that draft that had Chad Johnson, Steve Smith. Had Hall of Fame was all through it. Our, and they our friend Freddie Mitchell was in that first. draft, too. Yeah, Freddie Mitchell's a good friend of ours. He was in that draft. Fast Freddie Mitchell. Now, that was always one of my homeboys. I love to talk <laughs> trash to Freddie Mitchell. And you know what? One thing about Freddie, he would catch a five-yard stop route and celebrate like he just beat <laughs> yeah. you for 95. <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> He's a good friend of ours. He stayed with us at the Super Bowl a couple years yeah. ago. And uh, Freddie's got endless stories about everybody. He's he's also not afraid to go ham on, on everyone. I mean, his Donovan McNabb stories were like, Look, man, he fucked me over, and that's how I missed that last big contract in my career. Well, that's, that's, that's the whole thing about being a receiver. Think about having a career that depends on your trigger man. Yeah. Like, you can't be Jerry Rice without Joe Montana. Yeah. Imagine Jerry Rice being on a team with Mr. Biss. He's going to get 40 <laughs> catches a year. Like, you're a prisoner <laughs> to your quarterback. That's why I played wide receiver in co- I mean, high school and a little bit in college, but I was like, no, nah, I want to control my own destiny over there playing cornerback. Yeah, and look, you you had a long career, man, um, and it was fun. Oh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was long. It was fun. It was a dream. Like, I tell people all the time, you know, when kids go 18, 19 years dreaming and, and putting in all that work for if, you don't know if you're going to make it to the NFL. You don't know if you're going to be drafted. You're just living out for dreaming and if. It was a dream for me from day one. I enjoyed it with a smile on my face. I never let football take over who I was. I, I stayed Fred Smoot the entire time, and it's reaping. I'm reaping the benefits from it now. Yeah, I- indeed you are. Uh, let's switch over to college football. Um, who do you like next year going into the season? I was I was mixed maybe a month ago on whether or not college football would come back. It seems like everybody's trying to push that forward to get college back. Uh, who's oh. your, who, who do you like in college this year? Well, think about this. In my state of Mississippi right now, Oof. Uh, old miseries, old miseries, all right? <laughs> I don't usually speak their name, but they got Lane Kiffin at head coach yeah, right do. now. He's gonna, one thing about Lane, he's going to bring some excitement and some offense. And us at Mississippi State, deep Mississippi State University, we got the pirate Mike Leach. And listen, I cannot wait. We've always been a very dominant defensive team. If, if I told you right now, if I put an all-Mississippi State team in the NFL right now, mm-hmm. they would beat Alabama. Would you believe me if I told you that? No. You're going ha- right, to have to name them off for me. I, 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 all right, here we go. Here we go. Uh, Alabama don't have a quarterback in the league better than Dak Prescott. We win at that, part, that position. I agree. Like, they don't have a defensive lineman in the league better than Fletcher Cox, Chris Jones. Uh, uh, what's my guy from uh, Tennessee? Big J- uh Simmons. Oh, like, yeah, we got yeah. three defensive linemen that's better than every defensive lineman they got. They don't got a corner in the league better than big play Darius Slay. We won up them on that, too. All right, we got linebackers, uh, Bun Derek uh, McKinney. We got every position beat with them. I'm sorry. They bring <laughs> uh, quantity. We bring the quality. We're better pro athletes than them. <laughs> Our Alabama fans are going to love that. Do you think it has anything to do with the uh, hotness of the girls in Mississippi State? Now, you know on their yard now, the one thing about the Bulldogs, 
We believe in equal opportunity. Now it's a it's a it's a it's a college for beautiful women from all over the place. A lot of Tennessee women. Tennessee is very underrated when it comes to beautiful women. Also. It is, yeah. Because you got you got Nashville, uh, you got Knoxville. You got to consider in Tennessee. There's a you lot of hot music? girls. You got not, you know, Memphis used to compete with Atlanta as the strip club capital of the world. Oh yeah, every every year, I, it's it's a onesie twosie combo of, of Atlanta, Memphis, and I'd throw Miami in there, strip club wise, right? Uh, Miami's overrated. Miami's overrated. Everybody's already uh, three fourths naked walking the beach. It, it, it just <laughs> you know it comes with the territory. <laughs> That's true. So how do you think Mississippi State's going to do this year then? I think we're gonna be good. We got KJ uh, Costello from uh, from Stanford mm -hmm. at quarterback. He's on the Heisman watch list. We're gonna be potent on offense. We got a uh, returning Kalen Hill at, at running back. He's gonna be a first round pick at running back. Mark my word. We got a very strong defensive line. Very strong defense. This will be the best defense Mike Leach has ever uh, coached. So you're talking about a guy that's willing to put up a lot of points with a defense. Uh, that's going to be optimistic. I think that uh, I think Mississippi State has a chance to catch some people off guard, especially with Alabama kind of starting over at the tour leaving. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Burrow is gone from LSU. He was an anomaly because we know quarterbacks go to LSU as five stars and leave at one stars. They actually go there on the campus and decrease in talent. Yeah. So we'll see can they pick up another quarterback at LSU. I think Auburn is going to be pretty good next year, and Georgia is actually going to be that team you got to watch. Florida also. Yeah, the only thing with Georgia. I don't know who their quarterback is, and I'm surprised Jake Fromm left early to go into the sixth round. To me, he could have stayed one more year on a loaded team and tried to up his draft stock. It didn't. It didn't make sense to me, and I don't. I don't know who their QB is coming in next year, at Georgia. Man, when I think about Jake Fromm, he reminds me of like a Nissan Sentra. You know, nothing special about it. It'll get you from A to B, but it's nothing special about the car. Like. He, he reminds me of, like, the third Hasselbeck brother. Like, it, 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 I, ask, I ask myself, what do Jake Fromm do well? And I just think Lee is what he does well because he don't, he don't throw a great ball. Uh, his anticipation is, is average, but uh, he seemed to show up in some big games. So, you know, that counts for something. It does. It does. Uh, with Mike Leach, though, uh, did you watch him as a coach up at Washington State before he came down to you guys? Oh. Oh, yeah, I, I paid attention to him at Texas Tech. I paid attention wherever he's been. Yeah, I remember him putting people in the closet. He's a hard ass. I love him. Yeah, and, and look, he doesn't punt. The guy doesn't punt. He goes for it on, on fourth down, it seems like, all the time, and then just chucks the ball. Is that style of offense going to suit Mississippi State? Oh, yeah, I think it is. I actually play that way in Madden. My kickers take the day off. I don't punt. I kick field goals. Right? This guy <laughs> wants to score. And I think that mindset it's going to be great for the offense. You know, we're going to get six, all right? We're not going to get three. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's going to be great for the offense. I think they're going to be a great edge because now in the SEC, he become unpredictable. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of what LSU did last year. They are historically known as a good defensive team with a decent running game, no quarterback, and then all of a sudden Burroughs comes in and succeeds a quarterback and they light the fucking world on fire. So I wonder if How that's going to happen. How good is Joe Burrow? Like, he, he has the total package. Like, I tell yeah. people, when I look at uh, college athletes, tell me their name. If they name sound like a, a Sunday name, does it sound grandioso? Like when I hear Joe Burrow, he just, he got quarterback face. He got the um, mm, he's yep. been around alpha talent. He just got the it factor. Now I'm just hoping the city of Cincinnati doesn't ruin this kid. I know. Oh. That's my, that's what I said too. I think, 
honestly, he's in, he's on course right now. If if he gets beat up like I think he's going to, he's going to be uh, a journeyman or out of the league in three years. Like he's just going to get he's fucking like, like remember David Carr? Uh, you, you played with David Carr, played against David Carr, didn't you? From uh, Houston. Oh, yeah. I like that dude David got fucking ruined. His whole dude. career. They threw him out there. They, they kicked him out the club very quickly. <laughs> I don't think Joe Burrow get kicked out the club that quick. I think Joe will have more of a Carson Palmer feel to the point where I, I had some winning season with y'all, but it's just time for me to go. I yeah. think that's how they'll break. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, who do you like next year then in college football to win it all? Ah, I'm a Mississippi State guy, but I'm, I'm going to take my feelings out of it. I think Ohio State might have the best roster out of everybody. Like I say, I don't, I'm kind of cloudy on Alabama right now. They got a lot. Uh, Georgia is a team that they always fall short, so I got no love for them. But Florida is the team you got to watch. Mullen is my coach. He was a Mississippi State guy. Mm-hmm. I love him to death. Florida is that dangerous team that could be that wild card. But if I had to be a bed man right now, I would take Justin Fields in Ohio State. Yeah, I agree. And I think just because of the way the schedule is set up, I, I see Ohio State and Clemson. Clemson doesn't play anybody. Their mm. only away game, I looked at their schedule you know, coming up, is, uh, is Notre Dame. Mm. That's the only hard game they have on the schedule. And let's face it, Notre Dame isn't really a top-tiered t- team anymore. Notre Dame is that uh, – you know, you know how you go to your grandma's house and it's a Faberge egg on the shelf. You can't play with it; it's just there. It's worth a lot of money, but it's nothing special with it. Like Notre Dame is living off the old nostalgia of Notre Dame. They're, they're, they're still they're not the same team. And when you talk about Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, you're right; they're going to be able to put up points. But will they be able to stop people? They lost a lot of people on defense when you talk about Clemson. Mm. And will they schedule come back to hunt them? Because Ohio State is going to play a hell of a schedule. Mm-hmm. Alabama is going to play a hell of a schedule. When push comes to shove, will that be held against them? And that's what I'm. I'm I, that's what I think when it comes to Clemson that they're just not playing uh, 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 the competition like everybody else. Mm. I agree, and, and it seemed like it, it got exposed a little bit in the playoffs last year. You know, Ohio State raced out to a big lead in that game. There was a, a targeting call that changed the course of it. And then you look at the LSU game. LSU just absolutely dismantled them, in my opinion. Like, um, it, It's just the athletes were different, man. It, it was uh, – Lawrence just looked out of sorts the entire like, – he looked nervous almost. Um, and it was strange, but he, he hadn't played anybody all year. And that's what I've been to say. His competition level was low, and he's one of those guys – he peaked so quick. I think he's getting bored. I've seen this before. I've seen guys peak in college so quick. And by the time, you know, they're juniors or seniors, they're just going through the motions. They're just trying to get to the next level. And I just hope this kid doesn't get bored. And then he lost a lot of wide receivers. I think uh, Ross is still there with him. So he still has a couple of guys that he's played with. But I'm just hoping this guy doesn't get bored. Yeah, we'll see. Because, uh, you know, everybody's projecting him to be the top pick in the draft next year. Yeah. Oh, no, he will be the top pick. I just hated that he's going to Jacksonville. Like, he's going down there to hate on a Mississippi and Gartner, the, the yeah. mustache issue. <laughs> so, you know, but he's going to Jacksonville, man. I'm, I'm hoping Jacksonville in a couple of years really – the owner sees what he can really do. And I, I think he should move that team. I think he should move that team to another state, to another city. I agree. I've been to a couple games there, and it's you're lucky if it's a third full uh, for most of those games. The only one that I remember seeing that it was a full sellout was against the Bills in that playoff game, mm. but half the stadium ended up being Bills, Bills fans. fans yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so, and tell me this about Duval County and Jacksonville. Why does it always smell like a turd? Like, <laughs> why? It can't be the paper mills. Why? Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was paper mills last time I was down there, but there aren't any. So it, There aren't I, any. I don't know what it is. It's a weird town that's kind of in between, like, party cities where, you know, you're about an hour north of Daytona Beach. So, you're not quite there and you, you just came over the border of Georgia. So it's one of those things where I think you hit that Waffle House uh, right on the border of Georgia, like right around Valdosta, Georgia. Yeah. And then you go through, and it's just you're rolling down the windows with those Waffle House poots that are just coming, and that wafts over the city. And that's just my guess about Jacksonville. Because uh, the only other thing they have there is St. Augustine, where it was like, ah, sweet, Ponce de Leon. Uh, you know? Hey, I've only, I've only heard – Two people said they're going to take a vacation to Jacksonville, and they both play golf. Nobody ever takes a, a vacation to Jacksonville. No, Jackson, no, Jacksonville is the West Virginia of Florida, and Florida's already doing pretty rough as it is, so that's not a great thing. Wow, that's, <laughs> way, way, way to rub they nose in. Hey. So they come with a, a, a free six-pack of Mountain Dew? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and boiled peanuts. <laughs> some, some boiled peanuts and some Baja Blast, you know, just a nice tall boy of Baja Blast. Come on, man. Jacksonville's got to be the big, like the epicenter of white trash america right there's no more white trash pretty close. concentrated in any place in america than right there in my opinion west virginia though is up there i will say no, but that those, that's not white trash those are mountain people hey, i love i love west virginia that's god's country you understand <laughs> you when you cross the line <laughs> west virginia has always been an iffy one to me i saw i went to a game there it's uh, uh christ whatever the the city is in west virginia they call it by oh. That's Morgantown. It. Morgantown. That's it. I went to a game there. There was the only college I had been to where the girls had bigger calf muscles than the guys. Everything is uphill there for some reason, and they dip. The girls dipped uh, there in the stands. Oh, yeah, they dip, and they got mustaches and chest hair. You got to realize where you're at and what you're dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> when in Rome, right? Shit. Yeah. yeah. Hey, sometimes you just got to go with the flow. And I almost went to West Virginia. I took a trip there uh, coming out of high school, and I almost went to West Virginia. I I partied there for ooh, two straight days. All I can say, I don't remember any of it. Yeah, I, same, same, man. One of the, the, the biggest events in my life, partying-wise, was uh, raging with these dudes at, at West Virginia, and they had something called an atomic milkshake. You know what that is? Uh, no, but it sounds like a turd waiting to happen. <laughs> you you fill up a bong so all the way, a good two-footer, right? You fill that mm -hmm. up, and then you pull the slide, and then you put a nitrous balloon over it. So what happens is when you go to inhale, the nitrous balloon shoots all the weed smoke into the back of your throat. Um, My God. Along with the nitrous. I along imagine. with the nitrous. Yeah. So it just it knocks, it, it'll knock you off a chair, and that's how they were starting the night there. At West Virginia, and I was like, "God damn, it's another level oh, of partying there." <laughs> that's a way to spend uh, scholarship money. You know, that's why I know America. We're gonna be okay. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> who who would have been like West Virginia? Always had great teams. Who would have been your quarterback if you'd have gone there? Uh, Bolger at that time. Ah. When I took that trip. Bolger was there. Amos Zareway was running the ball. Big Thornton was in the middle. They had seven pros on that team when I took that trip. I was going to say, man, they've always had a really good football team. And, and I can imagine it was probably a tough choice. Uh, but then you go down to Mississippi State and you see those women. Man, I, you, you don't leave there. Well, well, I'm from Mississippi. So I, I took my trip to uh, Alabama. I actually took a trip to Indiana also. I almost went to Indiana and became a Hoosier. Really? Randall Leo, Antoine Randall Leo was yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was playing quarterback. 
They was going to let me play wide receiver and cornerback. I was headed. Coach Cam Cameron was the head coach at the time. I was headed to Indiana University. No kidding, man. That's a shocker. Oh, listen. I went and parted in Bloomington and listened to me. I got a lot of respect for Bloomington, Indiana. Yeah. It's a, it, look, Indiana's a fun town. We went. I, we, we always head up to the Big Ten Championship there in Indianapolis. I always have yeah. a good time in Indiana. It's it, You're right. It's super underrated. Um, let me ask you this. Hottest college girls in America. This is an ongoing debate mm-hmm. on our show here. What's your number right. one college school for hottest girls in America? Hottest girls in America. I think you can't just say one. I think you got to kind of get it to like two or three, and they're going to probably be coastal around <laughs> beach and sun. All right, so you got to go. Uh, Miami University has beautiful women, especially with it being a private school. All right. Every time I talk to somebody from the West Coast, all I hear is ASU, Arizona State University. There it is. That's my number one. All the time. And I have to think UCLA, uh, USC has to be in there. Mm. You know, so here's the thing. I lived in Los Angeles for, I don't know, 17, 18 years, right? The thing with UCLA is (laughs) it's mostly Asian. Well, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's different. Like, it's a different type of school where you're like, oh, shit. I think UCLA back in the 80s was more like hot, blonde, yeah. white girl shit. But uh, now it's mostly Asian. USC, though, still gets down. Like, they're, you're fine there. So if you go to USC, it's it, it's a blast, and the girls are the girls And are I've, I've heard, also heard great things about an underrated college, San Diego State. I've yes. heard great things about San Diego State. I mean, it's San Diego. Yeah, so yeah. Just walk around. You yeah, don't even you're, need to go to this campus or anything. Just walk around town. You're good. Hey, my, my number two behind Arizona State is actually Ole Miss. And I know that's that's your rival, but uh... Ah, uh, overrated, overrated, <laughs> overrated. I, I just want to be honest with you. At the end of the day, yes, it's beautiful women out there at Ole Miss, but it's totally overrated. If I had to pick an SEC school, the the, 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 the SEC school with the with I, I would think the most beautiful women is LSU. I'm sorry, mm. Creole, black, white yep. doesn't matter. It's it's a melting pot and. When you want to talk about partying, you've never went to a college game because you went to a night game in Death Valley. Mm. For some reason, they're the only college stadium that 90-year-olds are in the stadium drinking whiskey, yeah. eating crawfish, and smoking cigars. Yeah, so we went, uh, what was it, was Alabama. last year or no, two year years ago? Last. Yeah, year before yeah. last. It was uh, Alabama LSU for a night game. And everybody had said the same thing. Be prepared for the atmosphere and everything else that, that went along with it. And uh LSU lived up to the hype. Yeah, the food was great. It was a drinking bro, Tony Tamparello, who mm. threw a bash. We got there. There was bartenders there at the tailgate right across from the stadium. But it was, it's a normal yes. tailgate. And I was like, holy shit. There was an ice luge that was about eight, maybe eight, ten feet tall. And there was just straight Jaeger going down all day. Uh, and then the way they walk in through that whatever road that is into, mm. into the stadium with the band and everything else, mm. LSU absolutely lives up to the hype. I'll give you that one for sure. Oh, no, no. Most definitely. It's, it's one of the hardest places to play at. But if you go there as a fan, you can really enjoy some SEC football. It's no experience like it in SEC. I agree. I, yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, now, in the NFL, what was your favorite city to play in? Who had the best women in it NFL-wise? Ooh, yeah. It, well, you know, luckily, when I was playing, we had no teams in L.A., we had no teams in Las Vegas, all right? <laughs> no teams in Las Vegas. Now, I like to get this hidden gem out. Seattle 
has some of the most diverse, beautiful women mm. of all. Seattle, yes, I'm saying. Really? Seattle. Somewhere that you would not pick. Seattle is very underrated when it has, when, when I say they got a 12th man, and the 12th man is the women in Seattle. <laughs> they can get you off of your game the night before the game. That's why That's why the, the Raiders are going to be very good this year because mm. they're going to have the 12th man of the city of Las Vegas to really get guys off of their game. Uh, the Rams, yeah. uh, the Chargers. Have you been you to? Have, have you, have you ever been to a Golden Knights game? It really game? helps you at night. Have you ever been to a Vegas Golden Knights game? The hockey team there. No, but you know we we beat the Vegas team for the championship for the Stanley Cup over here yeah, with, yeah. With, with my yeah. Washington. So so yeah, I, I I watched them closely and I watched them use home field advantage as a weapon. Oh yeah, in their yeah. First year. I'm telling you, if you uh, you got if whenever you're in Vegas next and hockey's actually going on, you should go to a, one of the games because it's loud as shit. It's the loudest building I've ever been in my life. I was I was genuinely surprised because I thought going in, you know, every two weeks we usually go to the biggest sporting event in the United States, whatever it is, UFC, NFL, Masters, you name it, right? When we got to go to the Stanley Cup to see the Vegas Golden Knights play, I thought to myself, I was like, man, it's a tourist town. I love Vegas. And you're never not going to have fun in Vegas, obviously. But how hard do the fans really go? And are, are they there? We showed up, dude. Outside the stadium, there was 4,000 people raging to like an 80s covers band. You go you go into the stadium itself. I mean, they are diehard. And just being a part of that atmosphere makes me think when the Raiders get there, it's going to be even crazier for that team. That's what I said. And you got to realize the Ra- the Raiders originated. It's a California team. Mm-hmm. California and Las Vegas are neighbors. They're right there. The rebellious California people are going to be at these games. Then you're going to have a tourist at these games. It, it will be the most hungover crowd in the NFL week in mm. and week out. No matter what, they're going to be intense. And like I said, they're going to use that home field advantage to their, to, to their advantage. Imagine being a Green Bay Packers, being in Green Bay, practicing, playing games for two months, and now all of a sudden we got to fly to Vegas for the weekend and play the Raiders. Hey, guys are going, guys are going to get in trouble. Guys are going to stay out all night. Yep. Guys are going to sneak out. Things are going to happen. You will be tired doing that Vegas game. Yeah, you will they, be tired. They call it the Vegas flu in the, in the biz. Yeah, everybody's got that Vegas uh, flu for a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it happens to the Patriots every year when they go to Miami. Every year when the Patriots go to Miami, it happens to the most disciplined team in the NFL. Is that what it is? I've always wondered. Because you can always chalk up a Patriots loss in Miami. And Miami's always a terrible team every year. Um, is that, yeah. is that, they're all just raging at night because they're tired of Belichick? Hey, terrible team, beautiful city. All right, so <laughs> if the team can't beat you, the city will. And Miami is undefeated. Yeah, goddamn! I've I've always had a great time in Miami. Miami's a lot like Vegas to me, where it's that's a three day place, where it's like, yeah. dude, after three or four days, you got to tap out there in Miami. No, you got to get out of there because there's only a couple of things waiting on you after that fourth, fifth day. It's like New Orleans too. You got to get out of there before anything happens. Before you get any alcohol poisoning, yeah. STD. You got to get out of there. <laughs> you don't want to be walking around the strip and recognize someone that you no. had met just a couple of days ago. That that's no. Because I didn't ever want to see you again. That was the whole point. Ever, ever. Uh, and I can't t- tell you how many times I've walked out of a, a club or a bar in Miami at like 6 a.m. And you see people jogging by. Um, and you're like, you, you feel terrible about your life already. You know? No, no. I don't feel terrible about my life. I feel terrible about daylight. Why, <laughs> one, why are you being so healthy? What were you doing last night while I was out 
And if you live here, why are you not enjoying this? All right? Why are you not enjoying this here? I think they're over it. It's kind of like <laughs> Vegas people where they're just like, yeah, I don't go to the strip. I go to the outside bars or whatever. And it's like, you know, I think there's a certain element that comes with it. Uh, how is D.C. as a party city? We go up and visit a lot. D.C. is a top five party city in America. Really? I'm sorry. Really? Uh, really. D.C., because you got to realize D.C. has a we have we have a, a edge over a lot of cities because it's not just D.C. It's the DMV. So we got Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. right there. Mm. Baltimore is literally only 20 minutes away from D.C. So you get so many people. I, I remember when I first got to the league, we had mega clubs. That's when mega clubs was in. So we had a club named Dream and one called VIP that hold 5,000 people apiece. Damn. So you would go to these mega clubs. And, and, and you know how many, what population you got to have to pack Two oh, clubs yeah. that hold 5,000 people. So the parties are off the chain. The <laughs> fact that I could jump on a train and be in New York in an hour. You know, you got New York, you got Philly. You got all these other places you can go party. And you got all those places that come to the nation's capital. I think D.C. is most definitely top five in the United States when it comes to parties. Especially when it comes to just how the clubs look, how the clubs feel. Yeah. yeah. What, what, do you think about, uh, what do you think about their squad right now? They just drafted... A pretty good uh, edge brusher. Chase Young is coming there. Hey, hey, I think he's a mixture. When I see him play, he reminds me of Julius Peppers mm. so much. Lean. Uh, like he, he reminds could probably me of play a hybrid linebacker. between Julius Peppers and Terrell Suggs. I guess mm. I call him Terrell Peppers. Like, that's what he reminds <laughs> me of. And he's a humble kid, and he's hungry. Mm. Like, the day after we drafted him, the first thing he wanted to do was just get around the friends. Mm. You know, he went, he went, got with the deepest alignment, and they just him and Jonathan Allen just started chickening and working out and stuff like. So he has a level head on him. He has a lot of star power. We got Dwayne Haskins at the helm at the quarterback. He's young. He needs to, he needs to, needs to get some more weathering and some more plays. But he's gonna be good. We got a young, great receiving core. Right, that's what people are sleeping on with this Redskins deep. I mean, offense. And I don't even want to talk about the defense. Remember, I said this. Smooster Thomas predicts this right here. <laughs> you remember the 49ers was a 3 and 13 team. They went drafted Joey Bosa. Yep. Right? Yep. They, they went got Bosa, and he, how should I say, ignited the other four first round picks on the defensive line. He activated these. All right? Now they can all get one on one. Chase Young would do the same for Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. Right? We, we have that same mix of guys up front and if you can control the line of scrimmage in the nfl that's half games mm. right there the surprise team in the nfl this year will be the washington reds man they, if they call you smooster they call me roster domus i i made the same exact pr prediction last week on our show i said the the washington redskins will be a playoff team when i saw the numbers coming out of vegas their over under was five and a half wins mm. for next year yep. i thought that was absurd to me i hammered the over and, and bet the house already all the way in advance. I think they're a playoff team, and I, I think you're exactly right. With, with Chase Young, it's going to activate that entire defense. And I don't know why the organization seems a little down on Haskins. He looked great the last three, three games of the year. Uh, I don't understand. And you're right, that, that receiving core, Scary Terry, is, that guy is a problem for people. Uh, I'm, I'm a big I, fan I of the Redskins this year. I think what's going to really be the change up with this team is our new head coach and our new leader, run, burgundy, and go. Yeah. Right? It's all about run, burgundy, and go. Yeah. He's bringing a new attitude over here. He's a defensive-minded coach. He's going to always protect his quarterback through a running game. A lot of people don't understand. 
We drafted Bryce Love last year. He set out with an injury. Bryce Love is, is going to be an addition to this draft class. I, we got Kendall Fuller. We signed him back after him going winning a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. He's back. Landon Collins is on this team. And don't forget, before Alex Smith got hurt two years ago, mm-hmm. we were 6-3 and three in leading a division that the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl out of. All right? right? This yeah. team has proved they can play with whoever. Philadelphia, Carson Wentz, question mark. We don't know how many games they're going to play. Cowboys, they ain't got no good uh, relationship with the quarterback. They don't want to pay the man. All right? So that's going to hinder them. And the Giants are just the Giants. Anytime you got Gettleman on the team, you ain't got a chance. I agree. I, I'm, I'm with you on the Giants. Uh, the Cowboys scare me a little bit because they picked up CeeDee Lamb. Um, and so that's a lot of weapons on yeah. that team. And it, look, Tank Lawrence has been on the show before. Their defense is pretty good as well. Um, I still have the CD Cow- Lamb. CD Lamb. I got respect for CD Lamb. But you know what? My grandma in the wheelchair can burn Big 12 defensive backs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he can burn them all day long running go routes. All I'm saying is this. Now he's going to have to play against NFL cornerbacks right, that can take him one-on-one. Right, Amari Cooper, I love Amari Cooper. He's a great route runner. But when it comes to cornerbacks, he he poses a threat, mm-hmm. but he ain't a threat like uh, Julio Jones where we got to double him. I can still get one cornerback to take him out of the game. And you got to ask yourself, they are a run-centric team. Mm-hmm. How much are they going to throw the ball? Yeah, we'll find out. I mean, it, it depends on Ezekiel Elliott and what kind of shape he comes in. Mm-hmm. He's He's been hit or miss here the last yeah. couple of years. So we'll, we'll they see. Used him. I mean, he came in late. They used him. They, they, he came in late and they used him sparingly the first like four or five games. Yeah, it was almost like they were worried about him getting hurt. Yeah, so. I don't know. We'll see. He uh, got more nose rings than he had yards last year. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Let's get your way too early Super Bowl prediction then for next year. Uh, who do you got taking it all year? All right. I, I, I always believe this. I, I did this uh, equation last year, mm-hmm. and I picked the Super Bowl winner with the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. I always say the team that had the MVP quarterback, because quarterbacks rarely win MVP the same year they win Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. All right, so if you have the quarter, the MVP quarterback coming into the next year, he usually has something to prove that he's just not an MVP. He wants to win the whole thing. I would go because Kansas City might have a hangover, and their roster is totally the same. They, 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 they upgraded it a little bit, but not a lot. I'm going to go with the Ravens. Oh, All right? wow. I'm going to go with the Ravens coming out of the AFC and coming out of the NFC. Uh, this is going to kill people, too. It will be a Black Sunday. Russell Wilson in the Seattle <laughs> Oh, he's hard, he's hard to like. He's, I be he's on my desk right now. There's some Seahawks fans. that They know how much I hate Russell Wilson, so they sent me a signed picture of him here. <laughs> he's on my desk. So here's the thing about Russell Wilson. Um, to me, he is the A-Rod. Him and Ciara are the A-Rod and J-Lo of, of football. Uh, where it's right. it's just there it's all about a photo op and this clean image that doesn't really exist i don't think uh, at least behind the scenes like it all she had a baby with future for christ's sakes like and then they were talking about they were talking about how shit. they were talking about how they were saving themselves for marriage I'm like you've got a baby bitch what are you talking about yeah <laughs> <laughs> shit already had hey, a kid <laughs> Russell, Russell is that guy. You really had to listen to uh, Richard Simmons. I mean, Richard Sherman talk about Russell. Oh, I love He's been that. in the locker room with him. He, he, he's been us. You know, 
Russell comes out, I guess, is a, a guy that been in the locker room. Is the company man, da, 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 company man. Yeah, <laughs> do everything that he needs you to do. We ain't need him to do it, but I think he's a great person, man. He mm. was he was raised right. He's a genuine guy. I think what he said is genuine. I think when it comes to Sierra, a lot of people didn't know it. Sierra is very religious. Yes, she had a baby out of wedlock, but she's always been religious, and mm. I think that would make them a great parent. And and plus. He has better hair than she does. Yeah, yeah. He was not afraid to relax it either in that last photo shoot. Um, I get I get sent those those pics a million times. Uh, it was a mixture between Prince uh, back in '88 and then uh, like kind of like an Indian guy. Um, mm. He's one of those guys you can't really tell what his race is. Racially ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. yeah. No, 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 no. You, you, you really can't. And and guess what? Everybody envy him. He got something that you wish he, you had. Like yeah. I wish I had that hair. I wish I had <laughs> yeah. that hair. I really do. It's the future of America. That's where we're headed. Probably. Oh, no, definitely. We're all gonna look like him and Patrick Mahomes in like 50 years. In 50 years, yeah. probably. Probably. Yeah, with Russell Wilson. So I. I, I've got the Chiefs winning it all again. Uh, I picked the Chiefs before last season. Um, I think now that Mahomes knows how to win a championship, I just think he's probably got that drive. Lamar Jackson, to me, for Baltimore, is fantastic. You cannot keep running like that in the NFL without getting hurt. Because um, there's... Uh, look, oh, come on. Come on. Don't do that. We're in a new world. It's 2020. You cannot take these old equations and, and, and put them to the new NFL. My, yes, he can just showed you I can run. He didn't get hurt last year. Patrick Mahomes got hurt in the pocket. I, not Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a running quarterback. I played against him all my high school career, all my college career. They can stay healthy. They just needed a chance. You've seen Charlie Ward do this. You've seen Joey Hamilton do this. You've seen quarterbacks do this, Mike Vick. You've seen these quarterbacks do this before. He is built for this. And then you're going to give him more weapons? They just gave him more weapons. I'm telling you. He can do this. The new quarterback is it. Trevor Lawrence is going to run a lot more than people think he is when he gets to the NFL. Yeah, he's a, he's a surprisingly right. good runner. Yeah, yeah he, he, ran, he ran over Ohio State last year. Yeah. But um, I, look, Michael Vick was my my personal favorite player of all time. Obviously, I'm a diehard Falcons fan. After In that third or fourth year, he was taking some big shots. And he kept going out with these ticky-tack injuries over time. And it to me, it just looks like the same thing where, you know, with Lamar Jackson, he doesn't slide – uh, and he's taken he's taken some big shots. I just don't think you can do that forever. Um, but he is a gifted quarterback, and uh, he's got a rocket on him. So we'll see. But he, he just reminds me of my favorite player, Michael Vick. And I don't know Wait, how long he lasts. He has your favorite player in his ear. He talks to Mike Vick all the time. Does he really? And and, and we both know you are, you are a Falcon fan. Mm -hmm. Dan Reeves used Michael Vick wrong. Mm -hmm. They had Warren Dunn in the backfield and T.J. Duckett. Yep. And they literally let those three guys run the ball. I remember playing against them with Peerless Price. I told Peerless, you might well put your hands in your pocket. Y'all don't even throw the ball. They was, they, was, they, they was literally throwing the ball 11 to 12 times a game. Then you watch Andy Reid, an offensive guru, get his hand on Michael Vick. He made him a passer mm. and a runner second, making making him running more lethal to us in the NFCs because now he can spread the field. And, and Mike could always throw the ball. They just didn't let him throw the ball. That's why he got hurt. Yeah, that dude's got a hose, man. I remember that uh, playoff game, or the, what was it, the ACC championship against Clemson? Where yeah. He, he, like, threw the ball off his back left foot about 30 yards, a line drive completion. I'm like, holy shit. 
Yeah, he man. Really throw the ball. He was a blast to watch. Look, I, I, by the way, I hope you're right with Lamar Jackson because I don't want to see the best players get hurt. I really don't. Um, that's just a gut feeling. Uh, so I'm, I'm going Chiefs out of the AFC and then out of the NFC. Oh, boy. Uh, Lord, so hard, right? No no one team. Do you not, believe in Jimmy Garoppolo? I, 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 it's going uh, to be the 49ers or the Seahawks, in my opinion. I don't I, think anybody else is good enough. As much as I hate to say it, I'm going to side with the Seahawks. Um, I just I don't know what's going to happen in the, the NFC South with uh, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, and and the Saints, you know, kind of killing each other all year. So I don't. I gotta go with Seattle, but just watching them play every game is like a, a, a last second field goal, a touchdown. For whatever reason, that's just how they play the game, and I don't understand that's it. That's how they built. That's how they built. That's why they got Russell. Russell does so much for this team. All right, they don't matter who the running back is. It doesn't matter who the wide receivers are. It's true. Russ want to go out there and win this game. Pete Carroll did not win until Russell Wilson showed up. All right? And the one thing about Pete, he's going to continue to draft no-name guys and turn them into pro bowlers. That's what he did with Bobby Wagner and the rest of those guys. They're going to play a form of football that's playoff football. They play playoff football all year round. All right? yeah. That's why they're going to be great. All right? Russell Wilson is the most underrated football player in the NFL. It's like right now, Russell Wilson is basically – Car Malone, the mailman. Yeah, right? yeah. Jordan is, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is Michael Jordan. You know how we didn't show Car Malone no respect? Mm. And he was just putting up numbers after like numbers after like numbers, but he was playing in boring Utah, and nobody just really wanted to ever see him play. And jazz was not even invented in Utah. But then he started to get his props <laughs> later on in his career. I think that's going to happen to Russell. Yeah, I do too. And, and, and you're right. I don't think there's a guy in the league with more heart and will. He just wills his team to victory, and it's you know a bunch of no-name running backs there. I think DK Metcalf can be great next year. He could have a breakout year. I, I played against his father. I played against his father, Terrence Metcalf, that's played at Ole Miss with the offensive lineman. Oh, really? It's just his son. Is yeah, yeah. So I, I know a lot about DK Metcalf, and they drafted a couple more receivers up there. Yeah. And plus, we know this about Pete Carroll. He's going to find the no-names. And mark my words, Moose Padamas has struck again. <laughs> This is going to be the year of the walking dead. And when I say that, it's going to be a lot of retired players come back into the NFL this year. You've already seen it with Alden Smith. I heard Percy Harvin wants to come back. Mm -hmm. Eric Berry wants to come back. This is going to be the year. You're going to see seven to eight players that haven't played in a year or two pop back up in the NFL. The year of the walking dead. Why don't you get back in there? How? What kind of shape are you in right now? Uh, I'm 41 years. I'm 41 years old of happiness. I am content <laughs> in my career. I'm content in watching these youngsters go out here and play. My body feels good enough for me to continue to enjoy my life. I am fine. I'm retired now. If I, I'm thinking about going pro in in bowling. I am a very good bowler. I bowled 300 on about seven, eight occasions. Uh, I'm thinking about wow. going to the PBA to splash some color in it. I think they need a trash talking black guy they to do. be sponsored by everything from old English eight ball to probably KY jelly, whatever you want to be my sponsor. <laughs> and I'm here to play. Man, I, I'd like kill to see you in there. There hasn't been an exciting bowling personality since Pete Weber Jr., PDW. Yes, I, I know about Pete Weber, but see, now that's why I say the time is now it for is. me to take over the PBA right now. I'm telling you, if, if they give me a chance to compete against the pros, I will beat 90% of them. So let me let me ask you this, because I, I, I did a bowling movie a long time ago, and I, they let me bowl in one PBA event. What's to stop you from doing it and actually trying out for the PBA? Uh, unlike other sports, 
it's hard to figure out how do you get in the PBA. Like you can go to some local competitions, you mm-hmm. can play and you can win them, but you still have to get an invitation from the PBA right. to be a part of it, to get a part of it. So maybe I need to call my agent, Buzz Cooking, and, and, and tell him to dust off the fold and see can he get me in there at the PBA. Well, I, I look, I will say this: when we did that, when we did the bowling movie, they were so starved for. Uh, big personalities because now they're miking up the bowlers and stuff. I don't know if you if you watch it on ESPN. Yeah, oh yeah, I watch it all. Yeah, yeah. They're so starved for personalities. Uh, no lie, if your if your average is pretty high up there, if your agent called, I'm sure you'd get a shot. I did I did a tournament in Anaheim once, and uh, you have to play. They kind of put the you know I don't want to say rookies or lesser known people, but you play these pre matches before the the ones that actually go on television, right? And if you're, you've yeah. got to beat like, you know, I don't know, like 10 people or whatever it is to get onto the, the television one. I, I think they would probably let you in if your average is high enough. And I'm, I'm not joking, by the way. What, do, what is your average? I could, beat them. I could beat them with a blindfold on and three thumbs on one hand. I am special <laughs> when it comes to bowling. And I'm different. And, you know, most bowlers don't talk trash before and after the shot. Like I'm very animated, I'm a, a high energy, and I think that would start to affect my my competition because they're not used to it. They're not used to having that, ver- that verbal warfare that I'm willing to give them before and after they take a shot, before and after I take a shot, and it won't stop continuously. Time after time, I will beat them to death and let the world know I did it. <laughs> I would pay money to see Fred Smoot uh, on the PBA. Talking shit to bowlers, yeah. Uh, it'd be great, uh, Fred. This is the point in the show where we get to the drinking bro of the week, which is someone who has inspired you or helps you become the person you are today. Who would you like to give the drink a bro of the week to? Oh, wow. It's so many people. I, I, I wish I, you know, I really want to show some love to uh, some people out there, but uh, Champ Bailey, that was, that was my guy. Ah. Champ, I, I, I give him my, my drink of plus. He just went into the hall of fame. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to my guy. Uh, he was everything I thought he'd be uh, when I got drafted to Washington from a, uh, Mississippi State, mm-hmm. a friend, a brother. We spent a lot of time together. He made my transition to the league so easy. We've kept in touch all these years. He's a great family man. And he's just one of those guys that would never speak up for himself. So I was like his spokesman for a while. So it, it, just a great person, a great person to have in my life. Always will be. Always will be a friend. Yeah, and another SEC guy. He went to mm-hmm. University of Georgia. Oh yeah, so we had a we had almost an all SEC cornerback. Like I remember my first time walking into the DB room when I got drafted by the Redskins, and Deion Sanders, Dale Green, Champ Bailey, Mark Carrier, Sam Shade, all these guys were sitting in this room. Wow. So, so I'm I'm asking Marty Schottenheim like, why the, why did you waste a pick on me? He like, nah, don't you worry about it. I'm starting the puppy. That's you and Champ. So that's when I, I finally got so Dion, you know, gave me. 21 because I actually practiced in 23 for like four days. Yeah. Then Dion was like, I'm finna retire. He gave me 21. I put on the 21. Then he ended up two weeks later going to the raid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. I remember that. How was Dion as a person, by the way? Oh, oh, great person. Great person. I love Prime. That's my energy. I, I kind of like design my life out there. You know, even in high school, I just like walk. I just walk like, like. Everything I did was based off of this guy. And I'll never forget when I was in college, the first time he ever, I ever spoke to him, he called me up. We was talking. I let him know I'm, he the reason I wore that too and he the reason that I act a certain way I do. He said, I could already tell, son. I just drunk a uh, fake old pop before. I know the play. <laughs> before I let you get out of there, you were talking to us about an app before we came on, on air. 
Uh, tell us yeah. about the app you have. Uh, yeah, I'm working on uh, me and my a couple of my guys, uh, tech guys out here. We came up with an app. You know, when, when people talk about dating apps, they talk about the tenders of the world and all that. The one thing they hate is it's a lot of conversation and they never get to meet the person. And that's not dating. Right, well, if you get on winking drinks, right, the one thing you will do when you swipe right and she swipe right, y'all are going to meet for a drink right now. We have drink DNA on there that, that tell, you tell us what you like to drink and, and therefore the algorithm uses that to pick the best 10 spots for you and this person to meet now. And not only is it one-on-one day, you, him, three more of you guys can attach to the app and y'all can go on a group date. So five can meet five. It'll pick the restaurant for you. You can already order drinks. It's going to be special. It's going to be coming out in probably two or three weeks. Oh, that's awesome. Winking drinks. Uh, that's yeah. fantastic. And where can everybody find you on social media, Fred? Uh, you can find me at uh, FSmooth21SeanT on Twitter. Uh, I'm rarely on Instagram. I think Instagram is for the women, but you can find me at FSmooth27 on there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, really, I'm just a, I'm just an Instagram creep. I'm just looking at everybody else on Instagram. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Uh, Fred, thanks for the time today, man. You're one of the most entertaining people on the planet. Uh, we're grateful to have you on Drinking Bros today. Thank you, sir. Hey, let's not let's not take this long for us to do this again, fellas. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I, look, I'd love to have you back every week. Yeah. Uh, you're you're amazing, dude. Thank you, thank you so much for being here. Hey, let me get a shout out to my sponsor, Jack Daniels. Love you every night. <laughs> Is that really your sponsor, by the way? Uh, well, you know what? He's my life sponsor. I'm, I'm taking him on trips with me through life everywhere. You know, when times get hard, Jack is there. When times I need to celebrate, Jack is there. You know, the Jack is just there for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless Jack. That's, for- his, that's his Christmas photo. It's just him and a bunch of bottles of Jack Daniels in the background. They're all wearing well, Santa like hats. My grandma said, like my granddad said, if your liquor doesn't have a first of a, a, and a last name, thou shalt not drink it. So I only drink Basil Hayden, Jack Daniel, uh, Crown Royal, whatever has a first and a last name. You'll never see me drink to rock. It only got one name. I don't drink <laughs> Oh, man, you're the fucking best of all time. For Fred Smooth, D'Anthony D'Anthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Sports Companion Show. Good night, everybody.